The following program is brought to you by Blood, Sweat, Tears, and listeners like you. To support this show and all of the shows within Twib Nation, consider becoming a subscriber of our pay service, The Twibularity, at twib.me forward slash subscribe. That's twib.me forward slash subscribe. Or you can give a one-time donation at donate.twib.me. That's donate.twib.me. We've all learned how important media is and who tells our stories. Help us be the media that you want to hear and that the media is afraid to hear. It's kind of hard to listen to yourself become irrelevant. You are now listening to Twib FM. Real talk, real awesome. Finally, I'm finally free. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. We're back. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are back from a nice, long hiatus. Our summer break was uh, from June up until now, and this is our premiere episode. So um, thank you guys that are actually listening in live. And uh, we have a great show ahead of you tonight. We are going to talk about summer and fall television. So we're going to talk about the best shows that we love this summer and also shows that we're looking forward to seeing coming back this summer or actually this fall rather and uh, new shows that are scheduled to premiere this fall. So if you want to participate with us, you can do it a few ways. You can use the hashtag BGM podcast on Twitter that will put you into the feed with several other live listeners where you can ask questions and leave comments for us, and we'll be sure to address some of those on the air. And you can also listen to us on TWIB and use the TWIB chat room. It's listen.twib.fm. And then also you can call in if you want to call and chat with us, and if you got a question or if you want to leave a comment about a favorite show that you liked, use the number. It's 718-404-9320. Again, that studio number for TWIB is 718-404-9320. And I have my amazing co-host, who is ATV junkie, just like me, Connie, at Constar24 with us tonight. Thanks for coming. (laughs) So before I toss the virtual mic over to Connie, um, I just want to make some announcements. So as you know, we've been on break been on hiatus but we haven't really been like on a break break there's been a lot of activity a lot of things that's been going over um going on over the past summer i had some great opportunities to go to some pretty big conventions this summer went to san diego comic con in july went to dragon con in september we did two big meetups at each respective con um shout outs to first and foremost regine sawyer of lock it down productions and women in comics new york city collective who helped get me out to san diego comic con i really appreciate it um if it was not for you i would not have gone anywhere um so thank you for that and also shout out to keith chow of nerds of color who helped facilitate our black girl nerds of color meetup over at san diego comic con had a chance to network and meet with a lot of great people folks that i've uh, converse with on Twitter for a long time, people that are in the comic book industry that I've been a fan of for many years. So it was a great chance to to meet a lot of you guys in person. And then in September, had an amazing blast over at Dragon Con. I have to say, if there's one con that you should go to, one con that you could only choose to go to, Dragon Con would be it. It was amazing. It's in downtown Atlanta. Um, it, there's so many, uh, geeks of color and, and blurs that are out there. And I just really loved being able to meet folks that I've been talking with on Twitter for a long time. I had some great roommates that I stayed with. Um, and also I had the opportunity to meet with a lot of folks that I've had on the podcast. Um, so thank you to everyone that, um, were a part of Dragon Con. Thank you to the press relations team um, who was very accommodating and nice. And thanks to the staff, they have the nicest staff over at Dragon Con. It, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. So um, thanks for those opportunities. And we did a blurred tweet up over at Dragon Con at joystick shout out to the joystick staff uh, for accommodating us. 
Shout out to at D Pizzle on Twitter, uh, Dwayne, for putting together uh, the venue for Joystick. He was also my roommate, and he's a blast to hang out with. Um, so we, we did that blurred tweet up. A lot of folks came out, and it, it was great. It was a success. So I am looking forward to that, and there will be more in store. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, so now I'm going to pass the virtual mic over to Connie. Um, introduce yourself and um, let us know what's going on. Some some up and comings happening with BGN and, and you're involved. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, guys, it's Connie here, uh, Constar24 on Twitter. So you can follow me there. Uh, as Jamie said earlier, I am indeed a TV junkie. So tonight's Broadcast is going to be full of both of us squealing about all sorts of TV things. Um, you can follow my blog at constarrights.tv. Um, upcoming stuff. So very excitedly, yesterday in the mail, I got some awesome mail. It was my New York Comic Con badge and where I'm doing press for Black Girl Nerds. So me and Jamie and Sinfinite and Sprinkles and Booze, we're all going to be meeting up at Comic-Con and presenting all sorts of awesome things, whatever they're going to show for us there. Um, so we're really excited to meet up for that. Um, we're also doing a uh, an event at Super Week with the Fan Bros. So we're really excited for that on October 6th at 7.15. You guys can come. Uh, tickets are $8. It's at the Benzakin Hall. Don't know how to pronounce that, but it's on 37th and 10th. It's on 37th and 10th, so that's all you need to know. <laughs> so um, we're going to be hanging out with them So the day before Comic-Con, and we're trying to have a meetup for you guys. So we're really excited for all the things that New York Comic-Con will have in store for us. Indeed, yes. And um, I won't be able to make it to the New York Super Week event, but I will be at New York Comic Con. So um, check that out. I'm going to be on three panels there. And if you download the New York Comic Con app on your phone and just type in my name, you would type in Jamie Broadnax, not Black Girl Nerds. Um, just type in my name and then you'll see what panels that I'll be on. And I'll also tweet out throughout you know, the up and coming weeks, um, what panels I'll be at, um, at New York Comic Con. But most importantly, there is going to be a BGN meetup. You know, Woo! every time we go to these Comic Cons, it's always good to have these meetups so we can all meet each other. Um, cause I know a lot of the, the Black Girl Nerds community has been fostered online. So when I'm able to take that offline, I'm so excited to put these together. So yes, uh, the BGN meetup will be on Saturday, October 10th at 9.30 p.m., and that's going to be at the Pioneers Bar in Chelsea. So check that out. Uh, look at the profile page on the at Black Girl Nerds Twitter account. You'll see it pinned there, um, and it should be a blast. And you can RSVP your um, invite on Facebook, and that just lets me know how many people are going to attend. And the space that's reserved at Pioneers Bar has been uh, reserved just for our party so just fyi you're not just going to wander in there and see a whole bunch of random people it's actually <laughs> going to be folks <laughs> that are there for our event so which is good because in the past we haven't really been able to do that so really excited um to pioneers bar and thank you to the staff over at pioneers bar um for allowing us to you know host at your venue really appreciate that exciting times all right yes yes so Let's let's move on to our our episode here. We're going to talk about television. You know, you Ooh. guys love live tweeting all of these shows and so do I. So, um I I'm going to go ahead and ask my first question and folks that are listening in live on Twitter, use the hashtag if you want to jump in. So, first question is, what has been your favorite TV show of the summer and why? Well, so the thing with me is, I, I kind of took a, a summer TV hiatus. I didn't really watch any shows no! this summer. I know. Blasphemy. I've seen all of the awesome tweets from all the different shows everybody's been watching, and I just couldn't get up to, like, I even, I have DVR, so I could have, like, you know, just record all. Um, and I didn't. Um, I think because I watched so many shows in the fall, my brain was like, Connie, you need a break. So <laughs> that's what I did this summer. But I did see all the amazing tweets that happened with, uh, especially with me following Black Girl Nerds, obviously, as you all should be. Um, so, I mean, Jamie, what have you been watching this summer that you may or may not be like amazingly excited for? <laughs> oh, wow. So my favorite TV show of the summer, 
by far, and you guys know this already, but I will Right, this is it. not news to anyone. <laughs> this is not news to anyone because I'm obsessed, is <laughs> Mr. Robot on USA. It is the best show on television right now. You have to watch. Um, so when it premiered this summer, I think it was, I think it was Robert Young on Twitter, at Robert Young, that I saw tweeting about it. And I was just like, all right, Mr. Robot, that's interesting. And, you know, he said it was a show about a hacker. And I was curious because I, I like shows that um, are about hackers. I had watched the um, first episode of uh, Halt and Catch Fire. I think that was the name of the show. Um, yeah, I've heard of that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, which it, as it turns out, isn't really a good show. But <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I went ahead and tuned into Mr. Robot. And at the pilot, I was just enraptured by the very first scene um Rami Malek who plays Elliot Alderson is amazing um very engaging from the start he has this actor if you have not seen him before he has these really big wide set eyes yeah I've seen I've seen clips of the show so I'm like I think I saw maybe five minutes of the pilot sorry guys um but his eyes are so big oh my goodness (laughs) It's it, it's almost like maybe it's hypnot like he does hypnosis on people when he <laughs> and maybe that's why we're so addicted to Mr. Possibly. Robot because it's Rami Malek's eyes. Um, <laughs> but his his performance is great. Christian Slater is also on the show. He plays the title character, Mr. Robot, and um, it. I think what makes the show so. I think what I like so much about the show is the fact that it parallels a lot of what's happening in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not a show that defies logic. It's not a show that, um, you know, suspends disbelief. It actually shows real life events, even though it's in a fictional setting, but Mm -hmm. they could clearly happen in today's news pages. And in fact, many of them have. Um, In the season finale, um, they mention Ashley Madison hack, which, you know, that, yeah, they mentioned that (laughs) on the show. And it's very interesting because, Everything that they have discussed on Mr. Robot has kind of happened in real life afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. of course, a show, when it's shot, filmed and shot, it's done. Exactly. I was just not thinking about that. It's like the time difference between when you would have shot that or even written it from when that breaking news happened. That's mind-blowing to me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then the show, the season finale premiered. And then I think the Ashley Madison hack happened like a few days before that um, season um, finale happened and they actually pushed back the season finale um, because of the shootings that happened in Virginia and there was a scene that was very similar uh, to what had happened with the two reporters that uh, were fatally shot on camera so they pushed that back um, yeah. so again like life imitates art imitates life thing is happening with Mr. Robot and, it, and it's just great and then the music is wonderful um, I mean I could talk about Mr. Robot for a whole <laughs> podcast <laughs> I really, I really, really that's in your future, Jamie. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, like I, I just, I have to consume all things, Mister Robot. Um, but, but yeah, when when you guys live tweet with us uh, next season, use the hashtag that bot. That is what we're using when we watch Mister Robot collectively. Uh, so that, yeah, that's my favorite show this summer. Um, Are you watching anything else? Oh gosh, yeah, I'm watching a lot. So Mister Robot is one. So, well, let me move on to what is the worst show that I've saw this summer. Ooh. Because the other show that I watched this summer that premiered was Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> I've heard so many interesting things about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Where do I begin? I Fear the Walking Dead, I don't know why they even decided to make this a show. I mean, I get it. Zombies are the new commodity. The Walking Dead, the comic book, is the number one comic that is being sold right now in comic book shops everywhere across the country. And The Walking Dead on AMC has the highest ratings for that network. Mm-hmm. So I get the whole politics behind creating a spinoff, but it really wasn't necessary. It's very boring. Um <laughs> <laughs> it really is. The narrative is boring. The characters are not interesting. It's going to be a mini series. Um, so they don't really spend a whole lot of time on the characters, but because they don't spend a lot of time on the characters and haven't really established any backstory, uh, you don't care enough about them to 
understand or want to see what warrants their motives. So it, it's just like you're watching it for the zombies. You're really not watching it for the characters, <laughs> which is the and these are different characters. Dead. These are different characters than actual the actual Walking Dead TV show, right? Yeah, these are completely different characters um, from the Walking Dead universe. I believe it's supposed to happen three years before the um, incident in The Walking Dead. Feel free on Twitter to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I think it's like a prequel to, to The Walking mm-hmm. Dead. Um, but it's just, it's it's terrible. And then um, the fact that they have a a black man problem. I mean, The Walking Dead yeah, has I've a black man problem things. as well. Um, Fear of the Walking Dead is even worse. I think within the first two episodes, they killed off four black male characters wow <laughs> at that point it's got like who do you, how do you not how do you not see how do you how do you not see how do you not see what you're doing i how don't do you not i don't understand and, <laughs> i and really so, just don't understand someone could argue well it's got a more diverse cast because it, it takes place in in southern california which is incredibly diverse so of course they're going to ha- kill off more people of color but my thing is this but you don't why have- <laughs> you, first of all you don't have to it's fiction but yeah. second of all you know why have a character and you know bring introduce them into the show and then you know show us all of these very interesting things about them and make them a very compelling character and then just kill them off the next episode like they wait until we begin to like the character and then they just mm-hmm. kill them off um so i had an issue with that and um it just again it's it really is not that entertaining if it was an entertaining show i could probably forgive a lot of the killing off of, of sure. people of color yeah. possibly um but at this point no it's i can't too many things stacked against them hmm. too many things stacked against them so yeah that that for me is my my worst tv show of the summer (laughs) i feel like i've heard a lot of like similar similar thoughts i have a cousin who also watches the show and he was trying to explain i was just like well i personally sorry all you fans but personally found the walking dead kind of boring um so i can't even imagine if fans of the show (laughs) who, who already do enjoy this show find the prequel to be boring that that's mind blowing to me <laughs> it's like wow that's got to be bad <laughs> oh gosh yes it, it it just really was so um and a lot of people on twitter have felt the same way i, yeah. I want to take it to twitter just a few moments and read some mm-hmm. folks tweets so um at skipperella on twitter says fear of the walking dead was terrible absolutely no getting around that <laughs> um at ZZ Claiborne mentions, I kind of got pulled into humans on AMC better than I thought it'd be. That's another show that premiered um, on AMC Network. And I also got pulled into humans. So I, I forgot to bring that up. We use Dim Sense on Twitter for that show. Um, and then at Rikabob on Twitter says, honorable mention to humans and zoo, both very fun. You know, I'd heard about zoo and... Um, I watched one of the episodes and it was actually really good. Um, and it was on Netflix that I was watching it, but I haven't mm-hmm. had a chance to get back into it. Yeah. Have you, have you caught it yet or? Mm-mm. No, I haven't. I had, I don't, I don't even know what it's about, but I've seen people tweeting about it because I mean, when your Twitter handle is like CBS zoo or zoo CBS, it kind of, you know, kind of put your eye to it. Cause it's like zoo. What, what's that? But I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah. Um, I I don't fully know what it's about because I was like halfway into it, but it's um, these guys that are out on a African safari and these tigers are out there that are like killing people. And um, the mm-hmm. actor that was in Dracula and I forgot what other show he's been on, um, but he's in it and um, he winds up, he winds up getting hurt, but I don't think that they killed him off. But anyways, it it was a very interesting <laughs> show for like the few minutes that I was into it. And right. I, I really need to get back into it because I've heard from a lot of folks that it's a, it's a good show to watch and it's worth watching. So, Zoo, I'll, I'll, I'll check into that further. Yeah. Got to start making a list of all the things that I need to catch up on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you had mentioned, are there any shows that you binge watch this summer that aren't yeah. new? Okay. What? What have been your shows or has there? Well, right now 
Um, a lot of what I've been binge watching has been stuff that I've already seen. So right now I know uh, Doctor Who premiered yesterday and I haven't caught up on the last season. So I haven't watched Doctor 12. I haven't watched Capaldi yet. Um, so I'm re I'm right now binge watching that in order to with the idea of catching up so that I'll be caught up hopefully by before this run of I don't know if it's a full season or a half season as they've been doing um so to catch up before this one ends I know that um Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones is going to be on this season so that's pretty exciting so I'm kind of going through a run of Doctor Who right now and then Earlier in the summer, um, I re-binged. There should be a term for that. We should make one up. Um, (laughs) I re-binged a show called Lie to Me, which was on Fox a few years ago. And really just Fox ruins, ends up ruining everything, um, which we'll talk about later probably. Um, But um, it was a really good show while it was on. It's on Netflix. um, And um, I loved it. So I rewatched it earlier in the summer. Uh, The show that I binge watched that is not new uh, this summer was... Downton Abbey. Oh. I, yeah, I binge watched all five seasons. You know, <laughs> I think I, I stopped at three. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I could see that because it did it it did get a little less interesting after three. Yeah. Um, but it it's a really good show. I don't yeah, know why it took so long. Are so good and so interesting. And you wouldn't think it would be that interesting. It's just like, okay, they all live in the house. Great. <laughs> You know, and, and then it, you're sucked in, and it's like, ooh, World War One's happening, and ooh, time time jump, ooh. <laughs> exactly. I I mean, I really didn't think it was that interesting because I was just like, there's nothing that I could really identify with in this mm-hmm. show, and um, I I just never had an interest. And people had been pushing me and saying, you gotta watch Downton Abbey. And um, props to at Dawn M Gibson on Twitter. She does the hashtag Blurred Abbey when she live tweets <laughs> it. Um, so I just never got into it. And then finally my coworker was like, you got to watch Downton Abbey. And I was like, all right, whatever, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I had decided to go on Amazon prime and do a trial run of it. And I binge watched it and yeah, I get it guys. It It is a phenomenal show and there's so much drama and I kind of miss, um, um, O'Brien is O'Brien <laughs> coming back? <laughs> she just left and and now she's not back. She she was actually my favorite character. Like the shenanigans. Really? <laughs> yeah, the shenanigans that she would get into with Thomas. I I love that. Oh, like she yeah. wasn't a good character by the way. I O'Brien is not all that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was sort of like she was really like you, you kind of wanted her to like disappear and maybe fall off a cliff somewhere, but then she like got into all those shenanigans and you're like, Oh, this is interesting. It was a good it was a good like contrasted pairing for them to put up. <laughs> yeah, like they, they were always shaking things up and making things very dramatic for for the storyline. So to have her gone, it it just felt like a void and, and who knows, maybe that's why it got a little less interesting after season three, because I think it was season three that she left to work for another house right possibly i can't remember now i I stopped after matthew died spoilers sorry oh yeah i haven't watched it (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) once you start talking about a show you probably should know there will be spoilers ahead so be warned for that yeah yeah um so you wanted to also bring up um which we talked about the mr robot um, mm-hmm. show but also vixen uh that's been happening so what what was your question about vixen so i haven't been watching it but i know that in the black girl nerds community you guys have been doing something that i thought was really cool so each episode of vixen is only five minutes it's not really a lot of time to really engage with other people while watching it because you know we in bgn are big live tweeters but i thought it was really awesome how jamie decided to pull together, you know, questions to to ask the people who are watching it after the live tweet. So just the fact that this is an internet show that premieres every week for only five minutes and that you're able to put together a live tweet of that because people can watch it anytime they want. But it's amazing, you know, just like at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, we're going to, I think that's the time, uh, we're going to watch this show together and then because it's only five minutes, in order to continue to engage people, you've been asking questions about the show and where they think it's going. And I thought that that was really cool. I haven't really seen that anywhere else um, because, you know, I who would, who would really think to do that? <laughs> um, so I just kind of wanted to gush about that. I don't even watch the show right now. 
you know, probably at the end, you just watch them all at once because five minutes. <laughs> but I thought it was really cool and really inventive and a really great way to engage people for something that is so short and can be watched at any time. So it, for me, it shows the power of, of live tweeting and how it um, consolidates people because in we're talking, you know, in the in terms of larger TV with like ratings and stuff like that and how, you know, ratings have gone down because, you know, people can watch things on any device, anytime. But when you live tweet something, it's one way to bring so many people together at one time to actually watch it live. So I don't know. It just proves to me personally that like, look, live tweeting is one way to help people watch TV better, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And there's a reason why there's a lot of TV shows that follow the Black Girl Nerds account because they see that there's a lot of activity happening on live tweeting. And with respect to Vixen, you know, I didn't even know that Vixen was going to be five minutes long until the day that we, <laughs> till the day we were actually scheduled to, <laughs> to do the live tweet. Oops. So I know I was like, oopsie scrutals. Um, I, I was putting out blog posts and sending out tweets and posting it on Facebook and putting out all these promos at Tuesday, 7 PM. We're live tweeting Vixen. Nobody gave me the memo that it was only going to be five minutes. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, Kudos to at Robert Young on on Twitter at Robert C Young on Twitter. He and I um, collectively decided to get together to do this live tweet, and then I messaged him and I was like, "You know, it's only five minutes, right?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." And then I decided to just be like, "Well, why don't we do some Q and A after the live tweet and talk about the episode?" And he said, "That's a great idea." So he had some questions, I had some questions together, and every um, Tuesday night after we tweet five minutes <laughs> of the show uh we we do a q a afterwards and it extends out to about um 7 30 to 7 45 when we're done uh so it's been great and then i storify the tweets afterwards and and share it with everyone and a lot of people have been engaged with vixen it's a really great show i hope that with the live tweeting and also just with people that are now being drawn to watch because they're seeing the tweets that uh vixen will pick up and um either they decide to go continue with the animated route and make it longer than five minutes mm -hmm. and make it a 30 minute show and put it on the cw network or they make it a live action show and mm -hmm. uh let it be the vehicle that it should be for both the flash and arrow uh so we'll we'll see what happens but it's it's a great show on the cw seed uh, you can only go online to watch it right now. And if you want to join us next Tuesday, this Tuesday coming up, we'll we'll be live tweeting it again. And the hashtag is that totem. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a lot of fun. So fall television coming up. A lot of new shows coming up next week. Yep. So what what are you looking forward to coming back this year? Coming back, um, back. Yes. where's where's my whole list? I have like twelve <laughs> shows that I watch. Um, I think let me think of what maybe by maybe top three. Um, Jane the Virgin for sure. Um, the Flash, and let me think of the third. Um, let's. See. I have to go. You know, I have to go through my week day by day. So I'm like, okay, Mondays I watch this, this, and this. <laughs> Tuesdays I watch this, this, and this. And so it kind of makes uh, remembering all my shows very difficult. But maybe those are the top two. Yeah. And maybe a tie between Blackish and Fresh Off the Boat, because those are both really great. I still haven't caught Fresh Off the Boat yet. Yeah, it's really funny. The I actors are so good. <laughs> yeah. The I kids feel... are really cute, and they're really funny, and I'm really enjoying it. So I'm looking forward to that coming back, too. And Brooklyn well, Nine-Nine. So that's four. I mean, that's five, but it's fine. I'm cheating. I made up the question. <laughs> I made it up. It's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that um by the way that Fresh Off the Boat got renewed for a second season. That, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 20 years since the last Asian American family on TV. So I'm glad that this one has beaten out the record of the last show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely indeed. Yes. Um I'm with you on Blackish. Definitely looking forward to that coming back. Um I am also looking forward to Scandal. <laughs> 
I didn't put it on my list because I haven't watched any trailers for any shows. I've realized that I personally don't care about trailers, like I, especially for TV shows that I've already seen. Like I'm gonna tune in. The trailer right. doesn't necessarily affect how I feel. But after the Scandal trailer came out, everyone's just like, "Fits in Olivia," and I'm like, mm. I, "I mean, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it probably." But I. I don't know if I care about them enough to be like excited more than I usually am, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) I know that there's a lot of uh, fatigue going on with Mm -hmm. scandal with respect to Olivia and Fitz, the Olitz romance. So I get that. Um, I I look forward to seeing what the new season brings, you know, Shonda, Shonda Rhimes is really good at, surprising us from one season to the next because i remember what was it season three or four of Grey's anatomy where meredith died and then came back to life (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and that to me felt so much like a jump the shark season but a lot of people felt that (laughs) yeah it i was just like what really did we have to go there with the whole like tropish daytime drama you know soap opera type stuff so um but she did well with the following season and um i i look forward to seeing what she brings um you know next next week with scandal um shows that i um sort of binged or re-binged i don't know what the term is but i just i mean it doesn't count for the summer because i did it right before the finale but i like caught up on Grey's anatomy i haven't watched Grey's anatomy in like six years i quit season five somewhere in there i don't even remember where exactly it was but then all the stuff that they were talking you know characters who died um at the end of last season um i like sort of did a speed binge so i caught up I, you know, watched all my favorite episodes and then caught up from six on to current, you know, like skipping a lot of episodes. I had some very helpful friends who told me which episodes to skip. So um, that show is sort of, I think, I think added back into my TV rotation um, and it hadn't been. I don't know if that happens very often. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of shows how that kind of thing happens. And I think the, I think the episode you're talking about Actually, that might have been season three or four, but it's Uh sort of where, you know, you feel like the show is sort of falling by the wayside. And so you stop watching it and somehow continues on. But then you go back and you're like, oh, it had some good stuff after that. Not a lot of shows have that durability. And I think that that's really cool that it's a Shonda Rhimes show that does you know (laughs) yes absolutely and another Shonda Rhimes show that I am super super excited about is how to get away with murder that is amazing I I I love it it's Frank's birthday today (gasps) the actor it's his birthday today I saw that on Twitter and I meant to tweet at you and tell you it's Frank Spears birthday but I forgot. <laughs> Happy birthday, Frank's beard. I don't even know the actor's name, but um, you will always be Frank's beard to me. Uh, I had mentioned this on Twitter that if they ever decide to shave his beard, I will be really upset. It will be the equivalent of what happened to Felicity when she cut her hair. <laughs> do not do that. Do not shave Frank's it'll beard. Make the whole show just change. It- yeah, yeah, it'll it'll ruin the whole entire show. Like, okay. people will be revolting if they do that. So anyway, um, but yes, uh, How to Get Away with Murder, The Walking Dead, of course. I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to Empire. Empire premieres next Wednesday. So, um, I I love just the dynasty of it all. It's 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 like the black version of Dynasty for me. <laughs> um, watching it is very soap opera. It is. It's a I've guilty seen- pleasure. I think I saw the premiere and I saw the finale and I didn't watch anything in between, but I have to be like with other people um, when watching those episodes. I was just like, I get it. Personally, not for me, but I, I get it. Like I understand because it's so over the top, but like creative and interesting and like the way they pull in TV, you know, music and the way that the, those songs have become like real songs that people have listened to and reference and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's a really cool idea. And so it's really great that they're, they're blowing up and that, you know, there's probably going to be a whole mess of copycat shows coming up in the near future. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of people are comparing, which I haven't seen the show, um, but a lot of people compare, empire with power but i heard power is really good i have not watched power because i don't have stars 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I heard it's it's a pretty good show. So a lot of people are comparing it to that. But hey, if there's going to be more shows that are going to replicate what Empire has done, more power to you. Because yeah. that is a incredibly diverse show and an incredibly diverse team behind the show, which is mm-hmm. really important. So I hope that if we do see more Empire lookalikes, that we have um, Empire lookalike crew members mm-hmm. <laughs> um, writing and, and directing and producing. And if those copycat shows don't do as well, we have to look at their behind the scenes and see, well, you didn't copy it exactly like we said you should. So this is yeah. not, like, I, I, not that we need more, especially us in these our communities, that we need more evidence that diverse shows do better. But, you know, like... It would be another way to like, look, here's a platter of all the ways that we can show you that diversity on TV works. I mean, you exactly. have to see TGIT anymore to to prove <laughs> that diversity on TV sells. Like I saw a tweet the other day that was like, and Shonda owns Thursdays. Like she just owns yep. Thursdays. Yep. And it's, you know, the, the kinds of voices that she hires and that she helps to promote and puts on her shows. So, you know, just if you're looking to copy things, copy it the right way. Exactly. Do it the right way and use people of color that know a thing or two about diversity mm-hmm. in the room and, and don't Damon Splain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> no, no, Bad. no, Damon Splaining here. Um, by the way, if you don't know what Damon Splaining is, it was a hashtag that I created that went viral on social media, and um, it happened in lieu of the Project Greenlight clip that was shown online of Damon, Matt Damon. I was about to call him Damon Wayans. That's another Damon I have an issue with. Yeah, it's just been a bad week for Damon's altogether, really. All- some yeah, there's <laughs> Damon's are failing. They're failing us. Um, but Matt Damon had interrupted Effie Brown, who is a successful producer of the movie Dear White People. And in this exchange, they were doing a film where apparently there was a black female prostitute and she had a white male pimp and she had a problem with that, which I would too. And she spoke to that and Matt Damon interrupted her. And said his perspective about what diversity actually means for this particular film or or show that they were going to do on Project Greenlight. And um, people got upset, um, as they rightly should. And and Damon Splaining was the hashtag that was used to um, counteract that that piece and that discussion. And um, hopefully there's going to be some, you know, changes with or at least some reflection from the way social media has responded to Mm -hmm. that clip from the team over at Project Greenlight. Because if you see the image of the Project Greenlight team, Effie Brown is the only woman of color. Mm. I think, I think there's like one other woman there. Um, And then it's all white guys. So, and Project Greenlight has never had a black female director Mm. or, or a female director, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I stopped. I stopped watching Project Greenlight after uh, Shia LaBeouf was there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would that would that would, might do it. That, that, might do that, it. that was that was pre rap Shia LaBeouf, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> pre rap artist. <laughs> yeah, his mixtapes dropping any minute now. Exactly. Um, <laughs> wow, that's scary. Uh, I'm going to take it to Twitter. I have Skipperella. She says that she's excited about that murder. Uh, the <laughs> hashtag that we use for how to get away with murder, the affair, empire, blackish, the flash, Jane, the virgin, um, at I dream of sweaters on Twitter says after episode one of fear, the walking dead has been really scary. The family dynamic is interesting and will be a problem later. So, Oh, looks like we have some people still watching fear, the walking <laughs> dead. <laughs> Kudos to you guys. Um, at Marmore 82 says shows that I'm not looking forward to coming back are sleepy hollow. Sorry. It won't feel the same without Orlando Jones, you know? Um, (laughs) yeah, I hear you. Uh, sleepy hollow for me is I'm on the fence about it. I'm going to be 100 with you guys. Like I don't like the fact that they are making this a procedural that's similar to Bones, which is why they're having a crossover. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> laughing about the crossover. I don't, 
I don't understand. I don't know why. I used to, and, and Bones was another show similar to Sleepy Hollow that I was obsessed with. I loved Bones. I have the really? first season. Yes, I have never the first, watched it. I had the first three seasons on DVD. So, like, I was obsessed with that show. I followed David Boreanaz from Angel, which is my favorite TV show. So, I followed him over to Bones, loved the show. And then they, it just got really messy. Somewhere in maybe six, maybe season six, I stopped watching. And so I just, like, I know some of these characters, at least how they were a few seasons ago. And I just don't understand how you're going to have a supernatural science fiction show crossover with a show where the main character, like, doesn't believe in magic or time travel or, like, and, and I just, I don't understand how they're going to get away with this. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. So, I, I hear you. Know, you. We're, we're going to have to see how it goes. I think at the very least, it'll have some interesting ratings because people are going to be curious as to how they're going to mix these 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 groups together. Like Ichabod Crane is literally like in in the universe of Sleepy Hollow, factually from what eighteen eighteen seventeen whatever I forget right now, but. Temperance Brennan on Bones will not re- reject that as a premise. And in that world, I don't think that kind of thing is possible. Like in the worlds of the show, each show right. has different internal rules about how the world works. And I don't think they mix together. <laughs> so I, 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 I might check it out because I'm interested in how they're going to pull it off. But on my DVR, because let's not forget that Sleepy Hollow is up against Scandal. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I really want Sleepy Hollow to work. I hope that they don't, um, again, sideline Abby Mills' character and also yeah. sideline the relationship of Ichabod Crane and Abby Mills that was so great in season one. They yeah. had a gem in season one, and then they yep. completely ruined it in season two. Yep. And now by bringing in more cast members from – Bones, as well as new cast members, um, they're going to bring on. Um, oh gosh, Betsy Ross, and there's <laughs> there's going to be a new love interest, I believe, for Abby. Um, uh, I forgot the actor's name, um, but there or no, not not a love interest. She's going to be he's going to be um, Abby's boss, um, hmm. and then there's another actress that's coming. So they're bringing in new cast members for Sleepy Hollow, and then as well as the Bones actors. And I'm just concerned if it's just going to be oversaturated with all of these extra characters. And then we take away from what made Sleepy Hollow so great. So I have concerns. And yes, I agree with you, Connie. Like the fact that they pitted against Scandal was the dumbest thing that they could have ever done. Literally the dumbest. I just, I don't, it just shows to me that they don't look at who their audience is and why the show got so popular in the first place it's not very often that you see a black lead in a science fiction fantasy show and so obviously every single black person who loves science fiction fantasy is like let me check this show out and then you want to put it up against the number one show on network television on on thursday nights like no that's basically putting it in the what used to be the Friday night death slot is now also Thursdays at nine against scandal. <laughs> there are two death slots on television. One is Friday nights. And if you'd move Sleepy Hollow to Friday nights, that would have been fine because that's where they move most science fiction fantasy shows on television. And people who love that those genres are used to that. But you're going to put it up against literally one most popular show on television scandal also yep. against football which is the other most popular like watched the thing on network television right. which all the women in, are in one room in most houses watching scandal while all the guys are in there watching football <laughs> of course there are the men who watch scandal and the women who watch football but like how do you put it up against the two of the most popular things on television and expect anything good to happen I just it, it it just it makes me so sad. <laughs> it it does. It's it's it makes me want to cry. Um, but I I really hope that Sleepy Hollow surprises everybody. Yes, and that it becomes um even greater than what we had seen in season one. So just like we talked about uh, earlier, shows can you know surpass your expectations. I quit Grey's, quit Grey's Anatomy, went back to it, and it succeeded. And now I feel like watching it again. So. You yes. never know, but I really hope that they, because they do have a time crunch, though. They don't have the the ratings that Grey's Anatomy had to keep it afloat, even if they do lose ratings, you know? Like, that's what kept Grey's Anatomy afloat during those dark years. <laughs> but right. a show like Sleepy Hollow doesn't have 
those those numbers behind it and clearly that's why they're doing this bones thing because somehow bones has lasted 10 seasons and <laughs> i literally yeah, i used to love the show but somehow it's lasted that long so clearly they're like let's put a week show with one of our more popular shows and see what happens but you can't you can't run your network like that <laughs> i just someone uh zz claiborne on twitter said the bone sleepy hello crossover is double dutching over the shark while hula has me cracking up that is funny and um i yeah i'm gonna take it to to twitter again you guys have some really great tweets here um at liz the movie girl says i really hate the idea of a crossover for sleepy hollow i agree and if anything if they were to do a crossover why not do it with x files or supernatural i I feel like there's any any almost any other show on vox it could have been with brooklyn 99 which a show that i also (laughs) love like that would have made more sense than bones any other show on fox would have made more sense than bones (laughs) (laughs) um and then at black nerdity on twitter says anybody gonna go back to gotham or nah yeah (laughs) that's gonna be a nah uh (laughs) nobody's watching gotham i know a few people who would you know tune them back in but <laughs> yeah, at at face in the crown, uh, at face in the crowd on Twitter has a meme of um, wh- what are what are these things called in the desert that blows a little uh, tumbleweed? Tumbleweeds. Yeah. There we go. That's what yes. that is. I see it now. <laughs> he has tumbleweeds in his meme. I mean, for real, like it's it's just a really boring show, and the only compelling characters on Gotham was Fish Mooney and Cobblepot. Cobblepot's still on there. They killed off Fish Mooney, spoiler alert. And I don't really have a desire to watch anything else on Gotham at this point. So I won't be tuning in. Um, but props to you guys that are hanging in there for that. Um and then <laughs> what's that? Let us know how let us know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let us know. Get holla at your girl with that one, because I won't be watching. Um, but then on Twitter, folks are also mentioning um Jessica Jones, yes, I mm-hmm. cannot wait to see that. So let's get to our next question, actually, because we're talking about shows that we watched. Oh, let me piggyback really quick. I, I want to talk about this for like just a few seconds. So, um, Arrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so those of you that are maybe not on Twitter all the time, um, that are listening in. There was a bit of an issue that happened this past week with the actor that plays Green Arrow, Stephen Amell. He went to Twitter and tweeted the following. Um, This was in lieu of the events that happened uh, with uh, the kid that got arrested, Ahmed, um, for building a clock, which his teachers thought was a bomb. Um, As it turns out, it was a clock. Um, and people on Twitter use the hashtag that went viral instantly. I stand with Ahmed. Uh, so people do what they do on the internet. They throw a lot of vitriol and criticism at various things. And apparently a lot of people were saying things about the state of Texas, which is where this incident occurred. And it offended Mr. Amel. And, uh, he decided to take it to Twitter, which I've been told that he's had a history of notoriously being very careless with his opinions. Um, But he said on Twitter, stereotyping Texas isn't any better than stereotyping Ahmed, just so we're clear. A lot of people got upset about that. I thought it was a very insensitive remark. And then he followed up with a rant of tweets about his explanation behind his opinion. Um, And he was equating what happened with Ahmed with his own uh, sensitive feelings towards the state of Texas, um, which he's not even from Texas. He was <laughs> born in Canada. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it was a very interesting um, situation that happened. But I bring this up because a lot of folks in the Blurred community that watch Arrow have elected not to watch it anymore just because of this situation with Stephen Amell and his very careless comments. Yeah. Um, so w- what are your thoughts about that, Connie? Well, it um, it was, yeah, that was not the smartest uh, string of tweets. 
And um, he doesn't even really use Twitter that often. He's more of a Facebook guy. So I'm, I, was, I was very interested as to like his choice of medium for that. Um, I'm going to still watch the show. And obviously people also have reservations because season three was not um, great. <laughs> so I think, you know, it was sort of especially bad timing for him to, to have these very yeah sensitive feelings um, right. about Texas because he has family from there, blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought it was very interesting that um so i someone her twitter handle is jd watley uh w-a-t-t-l-e-y she uh, posted a video on his facebook page um a few days after i think a couple days after it happened and you know explaining to him exactly what white privilege was and why Mm. his tweets you know made so many people upset especially because in the aftermath of some of his tweets he was saying like if you are upset with my opinion you must be bored etc etc like he was very dismissive of why people were so upset so she posted a a video to his facebook page and he actually saw it and responded and um it seemed like a more sincere apology than most white celebrities who mess up like this do um so i feel like it was an insensitive comment and he shouldn't have made it and he should apologize greater for it. But I feel like I have greater faith in him than other people to, to look at why he did something wrong and to actually learn something from it. So I feel like he watched this video that um, this person put on his page and actually made a reply to it. I don't feel like an actor like Matt Damon would do the same. So there is a, there is a, I was very disappointed and sad. And every time he tweeted after those, those initial string of tweets, I was very like, no, why? Like, you were a great, you're a great person. Like, as, you know, all his charitable works and, all, you know, just being like a cool, fun actor. And it's just like, you know, it took him down a notch, a few notches for me, but I'm going to continue to watch the show. And I don't think it was, I don't think he can't return from this because I feel like he's going hopefully hopefully especially because he saw this video and commented on it it's on his facebook page somewhere um that you know make some attempts at learning some why you were wrong like that's what a lot of celebrities need to figure out how to do these days is to see why people are upset and actually attempt to grow from it and a lot of people don't make that attempt so I, I yeah, honestly it's a, don't. It's a really complicated thing. I, I, I want to say that he's grown from this, but I don't think it's he has to, just because. Yeah, we don't know him. So Yeah, well, that and the fact that he put out a very passive aggressive tweet days later um, that says, had a lovely brunch with, right. or excuse me, wait, been unseasonably cold in Vancouver. <laughs> Good thing that we've been able to heat our condo with fake cyber rage. So right. he posts this very passive aggressive tweet after apologizing um, on camera about his tweet and as far as Facebook goes and I don't want to spend too much time on Stephen Amell but yeah I, I find it very interesting that he elected to go to Facebook and had this discussion on Twitter yeah when it actually happened on Twitter like take it back to the place where it started because a lot mm-hmm. of people on Facebook was like what's going on Stephen I don't understand and yeah. we love and support you w- what did you say that offended everybody like nobody mm-hmm. knew what the heck was going on so True. You know, uh, he he chose a very safe space where he would be coddled and supported mm-hmm. um, to put his apology out there instead of actually facing the very fans um, that was holding his feet to the fire. So <laughs> I don't know, but I, I am very much looking forward to seeing uh, Rutina Wesley. She's going to be on Arrow next season. She played Tara Thornton on True Blood mm-hmm. and uh, Andy Diggle. He's going to have a new suit. Mag Negro. <laughs> I really, what I want to happen is to have him wear the helmet and then to, to, you know, he's probably going to, you know, fight in it for a couple episodes. And then one episode, he's just going to lift it off his head and slam it down on the ground. Like, why am I wearing this? This is ridiculous. And then they come up with something else. (laughs) Because, you know, you're friends with Cisco. He's going to come up with something that's way better than the Magneto helmet. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, let's quickly talk about new shows that we're looking forward to uh, this fall. that are going to be premiering, what, what are some new shows that you're looking forward to? I think I only have two right now. Um, Supergirl 
and Minority Report. I remember enjoying the movie, so I'm going to, I've decided I'm going to check that out, even though it has the exact same casting sort of appeal that Sleepy Hollow did, and we see what happened with that. So <laughs> we will, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to see Supergirl. I want to see, uh, which Robert C. Young mentioned earlier, Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to that. And also, um, I haven't mentioned this um, as part of the live tweeting schedule, but I do plan to pop in and check out Blindspot. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a lot of advertising at San Diego Comic Con. Like, they had posters plastered everywhere and they turned in one of the restaurants into blind spot where it just had all of the um actors images from the show on there and they had this big projection tv um showing a loop over and over again of the trailer so they did me in with that with that advertising (laughs) um so i'm I'm gonna check out blind spot and actually i might be wrong on this i'm gonna see if i can find it but i think um greg berlanti might be producing it um, cause I feel like I've seen him retweet it oh. a lot and he's obviously the producer, like genius behind the whole Flaro universe. Um, he produces both of those shows, you know, Supergirl and Mysteries of Lore. Like he has like seven shows on the air, I think right now. So I might be wrong on that, but I think because I've seen him retweet it a lot, he might be a producer behind that show as well. I, I love what Greg Berlanti's doing and, um, you know, I, I love what he's done with the flash, um, because again, he's bringing in a lot of diversity with uh, mm-hmm. having folks like Joe West and Iris West, and also uh, Wally West will be making his debut. So uh, there was a lot of, <laughs> once again, nerd rage on Twitter over a black character that was white <laughs> in the comics, even though Wally West is now black in the new 52 Flash. Um, but and also, uh, you can't, like, his family on the show, like, you already got mad about it. Like, you were already upset when they cast Joe and Iris as black. So someone who's related to them, you can't be mad that they're black. Like you already got mad about it. <laughs> like why are you re- making yourself angry again? Like the, g- just relax. <laughs> you were rage. mad about this last year already. So exactly. why are you getting mad about it twice? The rage was so late. The rage was just so late, and it it didn't make sense. It's like if you're gonna be um, angry about something, be angry about something on time. Don't wait a year later <laughs> to be angry about it. Cause then it's just like, really, are you just venting just to have, you know, somebody pay attention to your, your tweets? What, what's going on? Um, so yeah, it, it, it was ridiculous rage. Um, faux rage that that's cyber faux rage right there. Mr. Mel, there you go. Um, so let's quickly talk. Cause we're about to hit the eight o'clock hour. Uh, the Emmys, the Emmys premiere tonight. And, uh, in, yeah, when we end. When, when we end. Pass, until, until we're over. <laughs> until we're over. Um, real quick, Andy Stamberg is hosting, um, and we've got a lot of nominees. Let's just talk about the, the female nominee category for lead actress. Uh, it's predictions. A, it's, so, it's so tough because, obviously, so there hasn't been a winner, a black winner in this category. So there has not been a black female lead in a drama winner ever. So... Obviously, if Taraji or Viola won in this category, it would be fantastic and amazing and record-breaking and historical. I also yes. watch Orphan Black and think Tatiana Maslany is phenomenal and should have been nominated two seasons ago for right. her work on Orphan Black. So my loyalties are somewhat divided. And I think that if any of the three of them win, I'm going to be caps-locking on Twitter. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. But I think it's crazy that there hasn't been a black woman nominee in this category. There's only two categories for acting that there hasn't been a black person who won. One is lead actress in a drama. The other is lead uh, supporting actor in a drama. So, wow. and there's no one nominated in that cat in the male category supporting actor this year. So, obviously, it'd be great if Taraji or Viola won. But Tatiana Maslany plays like. 10 characters like flawlessly so (laughs) my loyalties are split yeah um i'm with you if this is the order that i would like this is the rank that i prefer i want viola davis to win for how to get away with murder she is by far my favorite um black female fictional character on television right now um if viola davis does not win I want it to be Taraji Henson from Empire because she kills it on that show every single week. And I love 
her character and she's got a lot of range. Um, if she does not win, then I want Tatiana Maslany to win. Um, so this is a situation where if, if the black women don't get, if they don't get their <laughs> Emmy and then the one white girl wins, then let it be Tatiana and I'll still be happy about it. Because yeah, there we you, go. <laughs> she really, she, she does deserve it. Um, and, and you're right. She should have gotten nominated um, two years ago because uh, Orphan Black kills it and that that's another show that we forgot to mention that we're looking yeah. forward to seeing coming back that usually comes in um, april though so we've got time to, to yeah. like, anticipate it <laughs> we, we've got plenty of time uh so yeah well why don't we wrap it up because i know you guys are planning to probably live tweet the emmys i i will yes. be live tweeting tonight Me and too. um look forward to seeing who wins who loses who says something really stupid on stage um <laughs> <laughs> who pronounces someone's name wrong right who is wearing an outfit that's a hot mess. Um, there's there's going to be a lot of adventures on there. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. We will be back next week. Um, we may have a celebrity guest coming on next week. I will let you know. Um, otherwise, we will definitely have a fun-filled show um, and talk about some of your favorite topics um, that we always converse with on Twitter. So tune in next week, same time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, listen.twib.fm is the link. And thanks for listening, and thank you, Connie, for co-hosting tonight. Great job. Of course. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Happy Emmys.